0: Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else, or for yourself, keep listening. The transformative power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you live from the KKHT, The Word Studios, and it is truly an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. Uh, it's an honor to come to you each Monday with the Word of the Lord, and uh, I hope that you this uh, helps you today. We're going to talk about something that's uh, very important to our human condition, and that is forgiveness. What a wonderful, wonderful thing is forgiveness. And we're going to talk about three things. God's incredible grace and how he forgives us of our sins secondly how we're called to forgive one another and then third for some of us the hardest of all that is forgiving ourselves so uh, each of those is critical to our walk with the Lord and we're going to dive into those but let's pray Father God we just come to you today with such gratitude on our hearts for your incredible love your grace, your forgiveness, and everything you do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so we had a wonderful church service last night at uh, New Covenant Church. We're a church plant, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. I mean, the spirit of the Lord was just incredible. Uh, We've got a wonderful band Uh, they just, uh, the praise and worship was just off the charts. Uh, you could just feel the presence of the Lord and we just had a wonderful time. You know, we are a very encouraging, welcoming, loving church. The first thing, if you come to our church, the first thing you're going to see is my wife, and she's just a beautiful, speaking of forgiveness, a beautiful, wonderful, forgiving person, and she's going to she's gonna have a big smile on her face, and she's going to greet you with open arms. We Our services are Sunday nights, Sunday nights in the Heights at 6 p.m. at 240 West 18th Street. And if you want to get a good idea of what one of our services would be like, go to our Facebook page, New Covenant Church Greater Heights, and watch last night's service. It was just wonderful. We were so blessed, and God is so, so good. And uh, it's on there along with a lot of other sermons. But, uh, you know, we persevered through COVID. We started on March the 1st 2020, had three services and they got shut down by COVID. But we're back in our building. We're a non-denominational Bible-based, spirit-filled church and we're a recovery church because everybody's recovering from something. The Bible is a book about recovery. We would love to meet you. We'd love to worship with you. We'd love to welcome you with open arms. We'd love to try to help you to feel encouraged, to get past anxiety and depression, to feel loved and to be part of our New Covenant uh, Church Greater Heights family. So please come worship with us. All right. so what I had did last night was I had everybody in the church turn to each other, first to the person they were with, that they came with, and then to everybody in the church, and I had them say, I forgive you for everything that you've ever done to me in the past. And then I had them say, I forgive you for everything that you will ever do to me in the future. Because it isn't that what God does for us. Once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that is the most incredible gift that has ever been given in this in this earth. In our, it's just amazing what God does for us. He's so wonderful. You know, Paul writes in Romans uh, chapter one, starting in verse twenty-six uh, through verse thirty-two. He writes about all the the sin the the terrible things that we do as human beings and god you know last night when we forgave each other we don't know what's good people are going to do in the future god knows everything we're going to do in the future and yet romans uh, john three sixteen, if we accept jesus christ as our lord and savior god gave his only begotten son so that so whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life it is such a wonderful thing. So Romans, Paul lists these 21 things, and that's not all we do, but 21 things that, that human beings do, for everything from uh, being boastful and arrogant and prideful and lustful and, and acting with deceit and malice, all these things that, that human beings do, but Christ died on the cross for each one of those things, for everything. You know, I don't know about you, but, but I, I, I'm a sinner. I I ask God every day for his mercy for the sins that I've done. You know, the average human life expectancy is about 80 years. And if you just sin one a day, now remember, when you think things about people, that's a sin. Not just our actions, but just when you think things, when you lust in your heart, Jesus says you've committed adultery. When you think things, you sin. So let's say we just sin once per day, 365 days a year for 80 years. That's 29,200 sins in the average lifetime. That's just one sin a day. And I don't know about you, I drive in Houston traffic, so I may sin more often than that, you know. And thinking about people, I mean, just all the things, having bad thoughts about people, being jealous, being envious, all the things we do not just our actions. And God forgives us for each and every one of those. He is so wonderful. He's such a good, loving God. All we have to do is accept Jesus Christ. You know, even Paul, the Apostle Paul, was given a thorn. and In 2 Corinthians 12, 19, Jesus told him, My grace is sufficient for you. So I, we don't know what that thorn was, but it may have been sinful actions. We don't know. It may have been some sort of disability. We don't know. But Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, that's not a license just to go out and sin. Because, you know, there was a in early Christianity, there was a heresy called antinomianism. And today it's called hyper grace. But, you know, you know why we forgive people? We forgive people and we turn away from sin because of our faith. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. We're not going to be perfect. But we get convicted when we sin now, and we get convicted when we don't forgive people. But forgiveness is a dominant theme in the Bible. It's right from the beginning. And Jacob and Esau, you know, Jacob stole Esau's birthright, but in the end, Esau forgave him. Jacob thought he was going to get killed when Esau came with all the men, but Esau forgave him. God touched his heart. We've got Joseph. How many of us can could, could be thrown into a pit, into slavery by our brothers, and then forgive them? You know joseph joseph knew in his heart god touched his heart made him the most second powerful man in egypt and and then there was a famine in the land and when his brothers came joseph accepted that god has a reason for what he'd done and he forgave his brothers incredible you know the adulterous woman jesus said where have your where have your accusers gone he said get up and sin no more i accuse you neither and then We've got um, Onesimus and Philemon, and Paul writes to, to, to Philemon and says, forgive Onesimus. Charge me for what he has done. You know, that we've got the, the t- Jesus on the cross. This is the most incredible thing, because Jesus was fully human and fully divine, and he suffered so tremendously, the worst possible death you can imagine, suffering, hanging on the cross. We're going to go into Easter soon dying for our sins, but yet he said, in his humanity, he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness is a theme in the Bible. You know, Paul writes, the wages of sin are death, and they are, but it is the humbled sinner who receive God's mercies. One of my favorite parables in the Bible is in Luke chapter 18, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And you know, the Pharisee, he's sitting there and he says, beats his chest. And he says, he says, I'm so glad I'm not like that guy down there. I give 10% of everything and I do this and I do that. And he was all arrogant. and, And the tax collector said, God, have mercy on me as a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God. This is such a powerful line in the Bible. Jesus said, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. We need to be repentant. We need to be thankful for God's mercies. We need to be thankful that that he forgives us for our sins and do our best not to sin, just like the adulterous woman, go and sin no more. We need to be thankful for God's mercies and so humble in his sight. He is so good. He's so wonderful. You know that that forgiveness love and forgiveness is what binds us to our creator. That's what gives us a, a a bond and you know the same thing is true when we forgive other people. You know, I like to preach about things I've lived. And you know, I didn't always live for the Lord. And I have I am so joyful in my heart that I I serve a God that has forgiven me of my sins. And I've lived it with my wife I put her through a whole lot before I came to Christ to the point that we even got separated at one point. And she is such a loving, forgiving person. And that gives us a bond that is just with Christ in the middle of our marriage that is unbreakable. Forgiveness is powerful. But how we struggle against it. We struggle with with revenge. We get mad at our wives, mad at our kids, mad at our boss. We got passed over for this raise, for this promotion. We're mad at politicians. We're mad at everybody on the freeway. Mad, 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 mad. We get mad at God for things that happen. And our society is full of these expressions of, of anger. Revenge is best served cold. We dramatize Romeo and Juliet, feuds between families, the Hatfields and McCoys. But bitterness... And anger separates us from God, and it eats at our, our soul. You know, in Matthew eighteen twenty one, Peter asked Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? You know, the tradition at that time in the Jewish community was to forgive somebody three times for doing something against you. That's hard for us, three times for the same thing, or for, for somehow harming us, you know, that's difficult. If we're honest with ourselves, that's difficult. So Peter asks, knowing who Jesus was and how forgiving he is and how wonderful, he says, should I forgive them up to seven times? How many of you, I want to ask you out there, have forgiven somebody seven times for doing something against you? But Jesus answers, not seven times, but 77 times in the NIV. In the King James, it says seven times 70, 490 times. That sounds impossible. But how many sins has God forgiven you of? How many sins has he forgiven each of us of? We are called to forgive one another. In Colossians three twelve through 13, Paul writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And above all these virtues put on love. If we have, how much better would our society be today if we had love and forgiveness in our hearts? You know, we have foreign powers that are on Facebook and other social media sites that are trying to get red to be angry at blue and blue to be angry at red and these people to get angry at these people and these people. They're trying to sow social discord. We need to be one nation under God with love and foremost in our hearts with forgiveness. How can we attract people in this time of uncertainty into the kingdom of God unless we show his characteristics? unless we show the light of Christ, his love and forgiveness in our hearts. Paul writes in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Jesus taught us how to pray in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, forgive us our trespasses to God as we forgive those who trespass against us. Do you see the connection there? We need to forgive one another is God forgave us. In Matthew six fourteen, in that same Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. That's a pretty direct link there, folks. We have to it's so hard for us. But if we're going to be Christ like, if we're going to be obedient, if we're going to obey his commands because we love him, we have to have forgiveness in our heart, and you know that so often our anger and our spirit for retribution are misplaced. You know how many times in history somebody's been mad at each other for a whole lives, and it turned out that the person they're mad at didn't even wasn't even the one that did whatever they thought was against them. That happens, you know. And and, and think about it: when you're angry at somebody and you hold this revenge, this anger, this you know desire for retribution in your heart, who is really in bondage? is it Is it you or is it that or is it the other person? I'm telling you it's you and and there was a great Christian theologian named Lewis Smeads who published a book called "Forgive and Forget." He said, when you release the wrongdoer from the wrong, you cut a malignant tumor out of your life. You set a prisoner free, but you discover that the real prisoner was yourself. You know, I read something preparing for this message, and it said, The first to apologize is the bravest." The first to forgive is the strongest. I want to be Christ-like. I'll never get there completely, but that's my goal. That's my aspiration. I want to be imitators of Christ. And if we're going to be we're to be his ambassadors on earth, if we're going to be imitators of Christ, we have to do what he did. We have to be forgivers. You know, the greatest triumphs in the history of humanity and human spirit came from forgiveness. Let's look at the United States after World War, the Allies after World War I. They punished Germany. They, they had made them pay all these reparations. The country was just, the they had this incredible inflation rate. I don't want to get too much into history, but they really messed the country up. And what resulted? Adolf Hitler. That's what resulted. Now, let's look at how we treated them after World War II. We rebuilt Germany and Japan, and now they've been our allies throughout history. The greatest triumphs of human history are when we imitate Christ, when we be Christ-like. Look at, look at the difference between the the. Mar- the revolution or the movement of Martin Luther King, who taught love and forgiveness, had plenty to be angry about and upset about at, the, at our society for what we'd done to African Americans. But he he brought a nonviolent message of love, and he made more progress. I mean, we were we did, well, parts of this country did some horrific things back then. He changed the world. Versus today, people are burning down our cities. That's not going to accomplish anything. We need the love of Christ in our hearts if we want to change. You know, I I was listening to a a message by the Reverend Billy Graham, and he he talked about a time when Kenya was a British was occupied by british like so many of the colonies in africa and and how a man named Kenyatta became the first prime minister and there were guerrillas in kenya and you know they were all upset about the british occupation and and they were you know practicing terrorism there was fighting and it was looked like it was going to be a powder club and explode and this man Kenyatta, came on the radio they didn't have that many tvs back then and and he came on the radio and he said he, he gave a message of forgiveness and he said to the british i forgive you And he asked the reciprocal question, will you forgive me? Will you forgive us? And that stabilized the country immediately. And it became a self-sufficient, wonderful country in Africa and avoided all that violence. Love and forgiveness are the key to our human existence. You know, we, we are in our church. We we really want to love you. We want to forgive you. We want to guide We can't forgive you. We want to guide you to someone who can forgive you. We want to help you get past anxiety and depression and, and sadness and uncertainty. We want to welcome you with open arms. You know, we're, our church is New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, and we meet at 240 West 18th Street at 6 p.m., Sunday nights in the Heights. We would love to have you come worship with us. We had a wonderful worship experience last night. If you want to see what it was like, you can go to Facebook, our Facebook page, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We've got an incredible worship team. I mean, they just, they brought in the, ushered in the Holy Spirit, just rocked the house. I mean, they are awesome. It set the mood, and we just had a wonderful time loving each other and talking about Jesus and and just basking in the presence of the Lord. Come worship with us Sunday nights in the Heights, two forty West Eighteenth Street. We'd just love to meet you and lo- and love to give you a big hug and and just make you our brothers and sisters in Christ and. and- we just, we're, we're starting on the ground floor. We got plenty of room in our sanctuary, you know, to spread out if you, you know, we're not past this COVID nightmare yet. So, uh, you're welcome to wear a mask and, and sit socially distanced and, and, uh, we'll, we'll love you from afar. But, uh, just join us Sunday nights in the Heights, 240 West 18th Street. We're developing a wonderful church family. And it was, it was such an honor to be w- there with our brothers and sisters in Christ last night. So, you know, when we don't forgive others, the enemy is using us; he's trying to separate us from God in mark eleven twenty five and Jesus said, "When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. It is such a key to our salvation. you know Jesus in Matthew chapter eighteen he tells a story about the the ungrateful servant who has forgiven debts and then and then turns around to somebody that owed him debts and and punishes him. And and Jesus said, and in his anger, when he told this parable, and in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Folks, God calls us to forgive one another. It is so key to our, our Christian walk. It is so key to doing the best we can to be Christ's life. You know, one of the hardest things that so many people do have is they don't forgive themselves. I see this in, in the recovery community and people that are trying to get past. Uh, God wants you to walk. This is what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He wants you to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And, you know, when we when we hold this in addiction, people hold this shame and this guilt and the enemy has them. They can't forgive themselves. The enemy holds you in bondage. You know, that's what recovery, recovery is so, it so mirrors our Christian walk. As I said earlier, the Bible is a book about recovery. Look at the Israelites were recovering from being enslaved. They were recovering from being in bondage at various times in Babylonia and of course in Egypt. And and they would turn away from the Lord, and, and bad things would happen to them. But then he would forgive them, and he'd bring them back. Forgiveness is such a key. It's such a key in the Bible. People are recovering from, from all kinds of things in the Bible, from illness. Jesus is healing them, from sadness, from depression. And it's just about God forgiving us and healing us. And, you know, we, we, it's a powerful thing in the recovery process. Matthew five twenty three twenty four 24 in the Sermon on the Mount Jesus says so if you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift there is a bond that is created through forgiveness when I went through that process and I made amends it was just such a wonderful healing process forgiveness is powerful. And you know, the, the the devil wants to get he's a liar and he wants to. It's a lie from the pit of hell that you can't be forgiven and that God won't forgive you or that you don't forgive yourself. Look at who God used in the Bible. He used Moses, a murderer. He used David. Look at the thins, sins that David committed with his best friend's wife and and then sending him to the front to be killed. And David was a man after God's heart, the greatest king in the history of Israel. God used him. Look at who Saul was, persecuting Christians, having them killed and stoned and and imprisoned. And on the road to Damascus, God came and changed his heart and used him to take the message of the gospel of peace and love to the Gentiles, to us. Look at the thief on the cross who accepted Jesus. He said, I believe that you're the son of of the living God. And Jesus said, today, brother, I will see you in paradise. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that the most difficulties that we've had in life the, the the most powerful testimony we have when we come to christ we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb which washes away our sins and the word of our testimony when you are an overcomer when you've come back from, from the devil's traps, from whether it be heroin addiction or, or being a thief or like my friend Boyd Harrell, who, who was convicted and sent to prison several times and now for two decades has led a wonderful prison ministry, helping people reenter society and a wonderful addiction recovery. He's got a powerful testimony. He can talk to people. He can help them walk out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. That's why God called us into the middle of the city to start this ministry. New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, because people are lost out there. People are hurting. People need to know that they can be loved. They are loved unconditionally by God, and he wants us to witness to them and to love them and show them the light of Christ, and that's what we're trying to do. But we need mature Christians as well to to help disciple people. We're called to disciple all nations. So please join our ministry. 240 West 18th Street. We are a Bible-based, spirit-filled, non-denominational recovery church that meets at 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. And we welcome all. We welcome all. So in 1 John, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. 1 John writes, if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and are a liar. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But when we pick ourselves up and accept him as our Lord and Savior in our heart and try to start living life the way he wants us to, everything changes. Even the Apostle Paul said, I must die daily. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. we got to tell ourselves, if you're having struggling out there with it, I want to tell you some things that you need to tell yourself. If you're struggling with forgiving yourself or forgiving somebody else, remind yourself that you are a child of the Most High God, that you are forgiven, that you are a new creation in Christ, that you are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And if you're still struggling, go to him, pray. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will send you a helper. Accept the Holy Spirit into your heart. We all have him there to encourage us and guide us, give us wisdom to talk to other people, give us words of wisdom when we're down. You know, come to our church and praise God. If you're raising your hand and you're praising him and you're worshiping him, it's you can't stay depressed. It physically changes your body. You get endorphins and dopamine and you begin to realize just how wonderful he is and how much he loves you. Remind yourself, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Keep praying for his help. Remember what's written in Philippians 1.6, and I am certain that God who began this good work in you, will carry it on until the day of Jesus Christ. Keep seeking Him. Keep looking to Him. When you're down, know that He loves you in a way that you've never experienced on this earth. He loves you beyond your imagination. He's forgiven you for everything. He's such a good God. Don't listen to the enemy. Listen to His voice. Come worship with us Sunday nights in the Heights. 240 West 18th Street, right in the heart of the Heights. We're a non-denominational Bible-based church. We believe in the word of the living, breathing word of God. And we want to love you and help you and get to know you and and worship together and and strengthen each other. As iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. Come worship with us. 240 West 18th Street, 6 p.m., sunny nights in the Heights. Next Sunday's Palm Sunday. We're going to talk about how Jesus died for our sins. Actually, my assistant pastor, Pastor Rick, is going to preach this coming Sunday. And then the following Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, I'll be preaching about the hope of eternal life and what Jesus Christ has done for us. Join us. We just can't wait to meet you with a smile on our face. You know, we love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. More importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen.